0: hi everyone and welcome back to our podcast wait let me call my sister it's me your host bianca and i am so happy today to have one of my best best friends on the podcast. I've been waiting for this episode for, I can't tell you how long. I'm so happy to introduce my friend Joanna from Sweden, but we actually met in Dubai. You're currently living in Stockholm, where I went to visit a couple of years ago, just before the pandemic, and it was so beautiful. But now, main reason um, why you're on our podcast and why I want you to be a guest and share your story is you're now an author which is such an achievement I'm so proud of you and yeah I really want you to inspire our listeners with your story and how we've got to this point so hello
1: hi B, thank you so (laughs) much for having me on your podcast and hi everyone I'm so pleased to be here and keep in mind guys I'm Swedish as B said Mm-hmm. So excuse me for any minor grammatic mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> your English
0: is your English is better than mine. So don't, don't it's even better to
1: excuse myself in the beginning and <laughs> be prepared. So your um your English is
0: better than mine. Let me just put that out there. Especially when we were living in Dubai, like and you're even just the way you
1: put words together. So I'm not surprised you're an author,
0: to be honest. <laughs> Thank you so
1: much. Finally, finally. Finally. I write so much because people have been telling me my entire life that I talk so much and I don't <laughs> leave out any details no. and the amount of long text messages I've mm-hmm. written throughout yeah. the day and years. I mean, you all be you, you are included. I'm <laughs> sure you've asked me to phrase your text messages back in the days to someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So finally, so yeah. I've written a book, so mm-hmm. yeah, got a lot of things off my chest, so to say.
0: I love it, and it's um, it's the most inspiring story that I'm sure. When you get your hands on it, or when you listen to the audio version, you're all going to be so inspired. And that's our aim here, isn't it? You know, my social sister, we're here to inspire and empower you, women, to know that anything is possible that we want to do. So just a bit of background about Joe and I. So we are long, long time friends as well. Some of you or may not know. I used to live in Dubai for five years. Joe and I actually moved there around the same time and our paths crossed when I had my fashion business and she was one of my most loyal customers <laughs> buying okay. all the dresses. And then yes. we just lived our best lives together, yeah. <laughs> if you want to put it. That's the best way to describe it, isn't it? Like now, when we look back, we're like, wow, we had it so, so good. We had the best, best times, just living our life in our 20s. And now here we are.
1: I'm now a podcast host. Yes, here we (laughs) go. And you're an author?
0: Like, what What just happened? I know. I mean, should we
1: call Dubai and see if anyone would believe us? (laughs) (laughs) I know, literally. I
0: don't know if they will. But yeah, so from living our best lives to now being back in our home countries, we both left by around the same time, I would say, as well. I moved home from my job at the time, and you moved home for love, your partner for love. So tell us a bit about that.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, to start with, uh, I'm born and raised in Gothenburg, Sweden, and Bianca and I were around the same age. I'm born 1991, so that, I think, makes me 31 years old. (laughs) Can't really tell because of the Botox here, but uh, (laughs) last time I checked my passport. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The year is still the same. So I'm 31 years old from Gothenburg. I moved to Dubai, 2013, and uh, I was there for about five and a half years. And yes, luckily, our paths crossed over there. And we're so happy and grateful for that. Yeah. And uh, let me just put it put it this way as well. Like, I mean, clearly, we were living our best lives in Dubai. But in one way, I guess we're living even better lives now. Mm. If we look at how we are treating ourselves, how we are chasing our goals and yeah. nailing them, crushing them. Absolutely. So, I mean, things can always get better.
0: Yes. Um,
1: but with that said, I was in Dubai. Uh, from 2013 until 2019, by the let's say end of summer 2018, I met the love of my life and we actually met in Gothenburg, even though he is German, with uh, Serbian roots, and he was at the time living in Stockholm. So, I'm not sure if you guys are following <laughs> oh, you know, no. on this very international level, but um, with that said, we uh, we met in Gothenburg. And long story short, we did a bit of a long distance relationship. So, we had um, a first meeting. Very shortly after that, we had our first date, and mm-hmm. there were butterflies and sparks and all of that. And uh, we very quickly moved into a relationship or moved on to a relationship and did a long distance thing between basically Dubai, Stockholm, and Düsseldorf in Germany for about six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I promised him that if things would continue to develop good between us and everything would feel great, then I would move home to Stockholm so that we could settle down together. And that's why I left Dubai in March, 2019. Mm -hmm. And at that point, him and I moved into an an apartment together in Stockholm. And that's kind of where my book starts, so to Mm -hmm. say. Uh, That is uh, what really changed my life.
0: Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, like everything that we are currently going through, I think once we get Further on down the line we can see how the journey all started from even before maybe you know what I'm getting at. Like every every single part of everything that we're going through day by day, it all comes to the bigger picture. And I think you're right, like your book really does start at that point.
1: And I um
0: I just want to invite anyone who's listening who, you know, you might be feeling like you are down or going through something at the moment, as we've already shared, things can always get better, but also things can come out worse. You know, things we can feel are getting against us. And I think it's such an empowering story, which I know you're gonna share with us now of how what then happened and how you've then made that your, you know, the catalyst, the your driving force in order to move forward instead of you back so i would love you to share
1: you know like what of course.
0: happened of course
1: we're not just gonna tease you guys i mean clearly <laughs> we're gonna let you know the full story here <laughs> like who's this swedish chick and why is she here <laughs> so anyways um So basically I met the love of my life and there was sparks and I thought that the fairy tale would continue that way, like very happy and romantic and uh, yeah, (laughs) lovey-dovey. So I moved home and we moved into an apartment together, first of March, 2019. And after two months of us living together, my man and I, he didn't come home one night and neither did he come home the next morning. And all of a sudden, around lunchtime, there was five policemen outside of the door to our residence. And that was obviously a big surprise. I could tell from the way they they moved and um, I saw some earpieces and such. So I quickly came to the conclusion that I was undercover police. And at that point, my life was really turned upside down. So I was home in our apartment with our dog. It was actually my, my man's dog at the time. And, uh, but I saw him as mine as well, of course. We were home. And as I said, my boyfriend had not come home at that point. I opened the door for these five policemen who then quite shortly after that told me that my man had been arrested in another city about, I think, four hours from Stockholm for narcotics. So, he had been arrested with drug possession. For that reason, they came with a warrant to search our house. Mm -hmm. And I obviously had to be cooperative and allow them into my house and allow them to search every corner and every drawer of our apartment. So, that was um, when my life really changed. Mm -hmm. And um, this is also basically, sorry, basically the beginning of my book, which we will talk more about so at that point my life changed forever so to say and the police came in they uh, searched our home they didn't find anything inside the apartment Mm -hmm. but they did find some more narcotics in our basement storage which I did not have a key to and due to that reason I was arrested and anyone who knows me can tell you that that is pretty much the last thing they could imagine happening to me
0: no you are literally the most law abiding citizen like even when we was in dubai and we would be at parties and you know obviously have some drinks like you do not have shots you do not have spirits even really yeah you i i cannot even yeah imagine what was running through your head and how you felt
1: i mean i mean i have partied a lot during my my years and i've had a lot of alcohol, champagne, vodka, soda. I mean, we partied, but regardless of in what city, what country I've been in, I've actually never, ever tried any drugs, believe it or not. It doesn't matter if it's been in Vegas or Barcelona, Ibiza, Miami. um, I've never tried any drugs. And all of a sudden I find myself accused of a serious drug crime. Mm-hmm. and uh, in that scene where the police tell me this or when they told me this um I apparently got arrested and taken to the police station and after that um I was kept in custody innocently detained for several months wow so uh that is what I've written a book about as well and mm-hmm. uh Maybe you guys want to know the title of it as well, um, which is Locked Up Love in English.
0: I love the title. And you know what? I know this story. And as I'm listening to you now, I'm still getting like teary eyed because yeah. I'm still so in shock that it happened. I mean, obviously you was detained, you was held in custody for 99 days. And That's I true. think I didn't find out until you, you just, you, I think you'd just come out and then me and Charlotte, our other friend from Dubai, we flew to Stockholm to see you and be there for you. And I think like, even though I know this story, it's still so heart-wrenching for me to listen to mm-hmm. for, any, for anyone. And yeah, I, but you know, one thing I will say, the one thing I was not surprised about is that you wrote a book <clears throat> while yeah. detained. while (laughs) held in custody for 99 days like that is that is if like that was what I was not surprised by. I was like no of course of course you did like I would be on the floor crying like thinking of every you know reason to 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 be sad and and don't get me wrong I I know how you felt and it was obviously still sad and scary but like to be able to Write a book of your experience because you knew you was gonna get out, because obviously you was innocent. Um, but yeah, I mean, please for our listeners, for our sisterhood and all the women that this story is gonna inspire,
1: yeah,
0: please tell us about them 99 days being held in custody.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah, so as I said, I mean, no one who knows me could imagine this ever happening to me, and neither could I. I had never never ever imagined anything like this and I could have never pictured what it would be like um ironically I always used to watch and I still do like I always watch these type of series about drugs and crime and prisons and law firms I find these things very interesting because it's very real yeah however I was not expecting to need to suffer through the real deal myself Mm -hmm. but Regardless of what has happened, um, I still see it as I'm one experience richer and I made the most of it. And that's kind of how I look at everything in life. We need to learn. We need to grow. We need to develop. And we cannot always choose what happens to us. We can just choose how we play our cards that we are given. And life isn't always easy. As you said before, some of you who are listening right now might think that life is shit right now everyone is going through bad times at different times and stages in their lives. And it might be a bad breakup. It might be, you know, your partner cheating on you. It might be that you are let go from your job or Mm -hmm. anything, health issues. It might be, you know, problems within the family. There's so many things. It might just be like that you're not happy with yourself, but regardless of what, you cannot always change the outer circumstances, but you can change your mindset and you can decide what you do with your life and mm-hmm. how you choose to live it.
0: Absolutely. And I
1: think that's such a great thing with what you're doing now as well, Be, that you're really empowering other women mm-hmm. and you're building this sisterhood. You've already done it clearly, but I'm <laughs> I, I mean, it's growing each and yeah. every day, month. And I think that's so cool because we have clearly lived life together in Dubai where there's tons of beautiful girls and women and I think we are the kind of people who I mean we wear our crowns and we also see other queens we also lift other women up and that's so important especially during these days yeah I mean there's yeah I mean there's room for all of us to success to succeed I mean we can all make it and Can do it even better if we see each other and applaud each other you know yeah
0: like it's inspirational for each other you know to, to see another woman's success it should be inspiring yeah. like if it triggers you then it's like something within you not Definitely. that woman triggering you and i think um yeah like everything you just said then i couldn't put it into better words it's that's the true meaning of sisterhood you know women coming together yeah. building each other up being there for each other as support and. And I, um, yeah, I, everything you said is, is just so on point of inspiring and empowering each other is, is, is really what's going to get us further in life too.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, now when I've said such wise words, then maybe your listeners will actually have a little bit of respect for me, even though I've been in this shitty situation. (laughs) They will. I mean, of course,
0: who is not going to have respect for you, especially after they read your book hear your story? And yeah. So tell us about the book and the story and, you know, being in custody.
1: Yeah. So clearly being in custody was the worst thing that ever happened to me. So I was taken from my reality and put into a custody cell, police custody cell at first. In Sweden, they are allowed to keep you in police custody for three days or 72 hours. Um, And once those 72 hours have passed, then they either have to let you free or take you to court for an official detention hearing. Um, And then that's what happened with me. So I was in police custody for three days, basically crying my heart out and just waiting for the hours to pass and doing my best to get through it. I was crying, I was trying to exercise. Um, I don't know how many squats I did, um, but I just tried to make the minutes pass. Um, I did read a lot of books. And that was basically it. You're just stuck in a room with your thoughts and your emotions, and there's no way out. Mm. Obviously, I was hoping to get out after those 72 uh, hours. But unfortunately, the prosecutor decided to detain me. And then I was moved to, to detention or custody or detention center, however you phrase it best in, in English. Um, and then I was taken there. And, um, it was, it was a shock to find myself in this surreal situation with no way out. It's, it's, uh, indescribable, I would say mm. to put words on how you feel in that moment when your life is taken away from you, your control is taken away from you like that's nothing that any of us from this part of the world can imagine because we're not raised like that. We have, you know, we we have our, our security somehow. We are raised in modern societies in, in Sweden and in UK where we have our, you know, families and we have school and we have rules and we have our jobs and so on. And we can, we have the freedom of speech. Mm. Um, so it, it's not anything that, my brain can really comprehend yeah Um, so it's very difficult to describe how you feel um, but I can I can imagine you guys think what I'm saying and that is that it's surreal that's the best way of saying it but yeah so I was locked up into a room in custody of seven square meters so it was a small room with two windows one bed one desk one stool one sink and a tv So in custody, I could have the company of the TV. I could listen to that. I could watch that. Otherwise, it was just me locked up in this room. Luckily, that first evening in custody, I was served a tuna salad. And anyone who knows me knows as well that I love salads. (laughs) So I got a salad and I thought, okay, at least the food here is a little bit more decent than the food that I had had for the past three days in the police custody I had a salad, I watched TV which was also uplifting because I had spent 3 days in complete silence mm-hmm. which is also insane. I was lucky enough to meet a nice female guard the first evening who asked me if I was interested in, in drawing or painting. She offered me some, you know, colored pencils and a notebook or something like that. I said no, I'm, unfortunately, I'm I'm not very artistic like that. I can't draw. I don't think it will make me any happier in here. It's not going to change change the situation. And then she said, how about writing? Perhaps you could write letters. Maybe you can even write your man. And I said, I, I doubt that the prosecutor would allow me to send a letter to my man, considering that we're now suspects in the same investigation. But then she did say, perhaps you could write the book. And she told me that there was another woman in there at some point who had started to write the book just to have something to do. And then that really like, it lit some kind of fire within me. And I just looked at her and said, paper and pen, yes, please. And she came back with that. And I started writing and I just decided from that moment that I'm going to write the fucking book. Sorry, excuse my French. I'm going to write the book. I just thought this is so crazy, like none of my friends and family will understand what I've I've been through and what I'm going through and how I felt and everyone will be so clueless and obviously my friends and family will want to know more, but I already then understood that this is going to be a lot to take in and it's going to be a lot for me to explain and the best way to, to do that is by writing it down here and now. In that moment, I I started writing and I started summarizing the past three days that I had just spent in the police custody, and from that moment it, it went on. And obviously, I was innocently detained, so I thought that I was going to be let out at some point soon. But considering that the prosecutor actually decided to detain me, I understood that it can take some days or some weeks. I'm not sure how long, and uh, I thought that either this is going to be a short story, you know, some pages, I have no clue how many, but like 20 pages, 30 pages that I can share with my friends and family in order for them to understand what I've gone through. Or she's going to keep me here longer if I'm unlucky. And then maybe it's going to turn into a real book. Mm -hmm. And that's actually how it went on. Mm -hmm. So, so during these days, basically, I cried. So even though I was strong and determined, and had my mindset on writing a book already at an early stage, I obviously cried. I was heartbroken. I was devastated. And if you guys are interested in in finding out more details about how, you know, how your thoughts are going in that moment and how I was feeling, then clearly that's all explained in my book. But I was absolutely heartbroken and devastated and didn't understand how this how this could have become my reality, like how my life could have changed. Mm -hmm. I was living this amazing, fun, glamorous life in Dubai, where every day was a party, and we had a blast. And I moved home for love and thought that my life was going to be even happier, you know, with the love of my life. And in the blink of an eye, everything was taken away from me, everything that we take for granted, not just that glam, not just, you know, those high heeled shoes and the tan and the clubs and the amazing food and champagne. Like, no, all of a sudden I couldn't go out for a walk when I wanted to. I couldn't open a window to get a breath of fresh air. I couldn't, you know, watch Netflix. I couldn't blow dry my hair. Mm -hmm. I couldn't eat whatever I wanted. I couldn't decide at all what kind of food, I eat or what I could drink. Total goosebumps.
0: Like, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, where you said, like, it is something which I guess is indescribable, but we can only imagine from hearing you and, you know, reading your book. I'm watching, you know, I watch so many crime TV shows too. And it's like, I think we cannot put into words how you must have felt. We can only try and visualize and imagine and, Yeah, it's it is a complete polarity from the life we was living in Dubai.
1: Exactly. And that's something that I I discuss a lot. I mean, with myself in my book, the contrasts and how it is to to live a normal life in you know, in those terms, what we refer to as normal, with Mm -hmm. going to work, having a, you know, comfortable, safe home, you know, having friends around us, having love, family pets, yeah. whatever it might be. I mean, normality is, of course, very subjective, but I'm, I'm sure you guys can understand what I mean by that. And to have everything that we consider normal life taken away from us, and then all of a sudden find ourselves stuck in a nightmare, like it, it's insane. Mm. So basically, I was told that I was allowed to work out every other day, but perhaps every day if someone else turned the gym down, so to say. So all inmates in custody were allowed to train every other day. And I was told that it was okay to go out on the yard for one hour of fresh air each day. In um, In that moment, when you're outside on the yard, you're there alone. When you're in custody, like I was, I was kept with restrictions. So I was not allowed to spend time with anyone else during that time. My days were pretty much about going to the gym as often as I was allowed, I trained basically every day. I got a yoga mat which I had inside my cell. So even though I was crying my heart out and I was crazy, crazy sad, like I was miserable obviously yeah. and I couldn't understand what happened. I also did understand that I have to do all what it's what is in my power to try to keep my head high and to get through it.
0: Mm. because
1: there's no choice yeah I have to get through it so I decided I had to work out I I had to move you know and try to get those endorphins and try to make my body feel a little bit better and fool my brain into believing that things are okay I had to do that for myself yeah and I always of course I took every opportunity I could to go out on the yard to get that fresh air it's not an amazing garden or anything it's it's like a bird cage cage you know like it was it was up on the roof it was fences like it was not open but I mean you could see out and there was fresh air uh Mm -hmm. it was a small space but with like grid uh, grid walls but Mm -hmm. it was still a breath of fresh air offered so um I spent my days working out getting that fresh air and writing my book, as well as reading other books, just to try to escape, you know, in, into another environment and try to read something else and maybe get inspired, maybe get entertained for a moment and so on.
0: Yeah, it's so inspiring. Honestly, your story, as I said earlier, you know, I I was not surprised where, when, I, when you told me that you was writing a book, because I know how... Much of a, a positive person you are, you know. I was at some of the lowest points of my life living in Dubai, and you were definitely that person in my life that always, you know, sees the cup half full and really takes opportunities, you know, in life. And I would say you've been a key part of my of my adult life and all of my time, you know, living in Dubai. And yeah, it's just it's so heart-wrenching to hear but now i know that you're out and you're safe and you know you're you're just a flight away and now we're celebrating your book it's still so hard to hear but so let's fast forward then to i the, the last 90 days say and like what was really like going through your mind then and like you know anyone who's listening to this who's in a A situation or as you said before lost your job or you know financial difficulty or in a bad relationship or anything at all and i'm sure you can feel inspired from what joanna just shared about getting out in nature having fresh air reading like moving your body to release them endorphins and make yourself feel better but then i guess three months later was you like how was you feeling then joe like was you still feeling as Um, you know and like how how if women listen to this in their situation and they're not when they we don't know when the light at the end of the tunnel is
1: yes of course and neither did I I had no (laughs) clue I mean I was kept without any evidence for all of this time and even though I knew that I'm gonna get out sooner or later I had no clue when that would be and guards would would be telling me that there's actually people sitting in custody for for months actually up to a year two years even and I was like are you guys kidding me like that's insane and really really not uplifting you guys um but yeah I would say that I think for about the maybe the first two weeks I was crying non-stop but that didn't keep me from writing nor working out like I did everything in my power to try to feel as good as possible even if it was not good that I was feeling like it was okay at times like shit but I tried to do everything that I could to feel a little bit better and then I would say that probably after about 20 days I really felt sick and tired of it and I had a major dip and I felt like everything was dark and I felt like everything was terrible and I I kind of like not lost hope but a bit of hope was kind of taken away from me mm-hmm. and It was kind of downhill, or maybe that doesn't make sense. I was thinking that it was, I mean, downhill is maybe that it's easier. (laughs) So that's not really what I meant. But I mean, it was kind of like just downhill towards a black hole. Then you guys understand what I mean. Yeah. Um, So it was kind of back down to the lowest point. Mm. And I felt like absolute shit. The anxiety was terrible. It was so heavy. It was nightmares every night. And palpitations and panic attacks it wasn't fun Mm -hmm. Um, but again I knew that I had to try to keep my head up and do the best I could for myself because it would not get easier if I stayed in bed crying every day it Mm -hmm. wouldn't get easier if I didn't write or didn't work out I knew that it would help me to do these things regardless of how tough it was and then I would say after three months I think somewhere, I'm not sure, but during day 20, something like that, it was absolutely horrible. I think maybe around day 40 or something like that, 45, perhaps, then I was halfway through it. But obviously, I didn't know that then. Mm. I think at that point, I had kind of accepted the circumstances, because that's also something you need to do when you cannot change the circumstances yourself, you have to accept that it is what it is. And then you have to, again, what I said before, you have to try to make a change and make an impact of the things that you can change and the things that you can affect. Yeah. And some of the bigger things you can change yourself, and then you just have to accept it and make the most of it. And I think I came to that realization and I was, I was really driven by writing because I saw, I saw the book coming. I saw it in my future, and that was really my fuel, and it gave me purpose, so all of these horrible moments and all of this suffering, I kind of saw purpose with it, and I tried to see it as a learning process, and I tried to see it as something I have to go through in order to get stronger, and this is actually giving me a purpose to write. I'm going to become an author. I'm going to give out a book. I'm going to get my revenge, And I hated the prosecutor with every inch of my body that I can tell you. So I kind of just like, I I became angrier and I became more sick and tired of being treated like that and being kept innocently. Mm. But I wasn't crying as much anymore. I wasn't as sad. I was more angry and determined. Mm. And I continued believing in myself obviously, I believed in my own innocence. I believed that I would sooner or later get out. And I was kind of telling myself, like, the longer they're going to keep me here, the longer my book is going to turn out, and the bigger the success, yeah. the bigger the story. <laughs> and one day I'll get my revenge. Mm. Um, okay. So yeah, so, so really, after 90 days, um, I was still really, really determined. I <laughs> trained even harder. I was killing it at the gym. Sometimes I was training even both in the gym and in my cell, and I was still spending hours every day writing my book. Wow,
0: <laughs> so so I,
1: I didn't. I didn't let this break me, and I didn't. Um, I didn't allow it to win. Not the depression, not the circumstances, not the anxiety. Mm-hmm. I was always fighting it. And as you said before, and I appreciate your words so much. I I tried to have the most positive mindset that I could even though I can tell you guys it was really not positive but I mean it was perhaps more positive than someone else's mindset would have been in that situation Absolutely, and it was important it was important in order for me to make it through
0: yeah and have you know this book and everything come out I yeah I can totally vouch for that so how was it on the 99th day when they said you're free <laughs> It was pretty
1: much what they said. Yeah. I mean, on that 99th day, um, it kind of came as a surprise. I mean, in one way, I had been waiting for that decision and that message to come to me for so long, like really for days and then weeks and then months. Um, So I was hoping and waiting for it. But when someone actually came to my door and told me that you're free to go, I was so shocked. I was sitting on bed, with a toothbrush in my mouth, brushing my teeth. I had just had breakfast and I was actually, (laughs) again, about to go to the gym. And uh, the guard came in, a female guard came to to my door and she told me to um, not be too disappointed, but that I was not going to be allowed to go to the gym. And straight away, Mm -hmm. I got tears in my eyes and I was like, why? And I was so disappointed. And I said, this is really the only thing I have looking forward to and she told me because you're going home oh, oh my god just and, yeah and I said you have no idea how long I've been waiting for this moment obviously I started crying mm-hmm. and uh, yeah then pretty much I I had a shower I got dressed and finally could finally I could wear my own clothes again my private clothes mm-hmm. which I had been longing for for 99 days Wow, and, I, uh, why? What did what did you wear
0: in jail? Just
1: like side
0: note, a bit off,
1: off yeah. topic, but woman to woman. I mean, sweat. It was like sweats, but it was the the clothes from the custody. So it was like like army green sweatpants, uh, a college sweater, a t shirt, slippers, and then you would get like sneakers when going to the gym or outside on the yard. You can wear could wear that too.
0: Oh my gosh! It was really
1: oversized and not in a fashionable way. It was really like. <laughs> too big for me I was swimming
0: in those clothing
1: (laughs) yeah you're so so tiny and
0: petite are you so particular about your fashion and things matching like yeah. I've known you for years and years so yeah I actually hadn't even thought to ask you that question like what was you wearing and then <laughs> I and it's not a valid like, thing at that time as well
1: no but of course everyone is curious about those kind of things like what mm. did you eat like what were you wearing how was the gym like people are curious about yeah and I mean I can tell you as you said like I've always wanted everything to match and like yeah I'm very like keen on those kind of things too and you know to walk around 99 days in like granny panties no <laughs> offense to anyone but like imagine walking around in like underwear that's not even yours yeah it's uh. just like it, it's not you know it, it's not really like you don't feel like yourself mm. it's crazy yeah. um but There's yeah so many so-
0: parts to it isn't that that can really like that could be like the straw that breaks the camel's back you know it's so many components to it there's so many different levels and different like yeah that could be like oh my god this i just feel totally not like myself you know like in these clothes and like in the in this gym and eating this food because i know for anyone who's listening like joe is also so particular like with their food like you eat so healthy i mean like going to sweden when i came to visit you i saw that that's swedes in general like the lifestyle is just so clean and healthy and yeah so i cannot imagine this experience for any like not for anyone else i mean i can't imagine it for anyone else but like the fact that it happened to you when I know how particular you are about everything is just like it blew my mind hence why I flew to Sweden as soon as I could to yeah, see you. You were, really like, you. Mm.
1: you were one of the first people that I saw and I mean you were definitely like the first person you and Chi Chi Charlotte mm-hmm. you were the first people I saw from abroad clearly I had mm-hmm. seen a few people in Sweden but it was so mm-hmm. sweet of you guys to come and show your support and just be here for me and have an amazing weekend together where we could laugh and feel good yeah. and, be happy. and you know that and allowed had, me to be yeah. myself
0: and had covid not happened i mean i'm sure we would have seen each other so much more like that was that's the last time i've saw you now i was supposed yeah. to really be there for the book launch this weekend yeah. but with work and our other friend Amanda's passport being delayed we're going to do it yeah. another time but we'll all be reunited our dubai girlfriend group soon
1: definitely
0: so I would say now, like, how I would, what I would love you to share more is, you know, like the book and the process of how, like, it, it's, I see you and hear all the time of like, now you're doing editing number 1010, yeah, like, like <laughs> the amount of editing and the audio book recording and you you was I remember when you were sending your book to the different publishers and it's just been a real, ride a real journey and we're now at this point where okay this podcast will be out on wednesday the 8th of june 2022 but at this date now while we're recording you um you've just had your book launch this past weekend and we can finally say that it's it's going to be available in two days like what the hell i'm so happy for you and yeah share with us a little like if anyone's listening to this, who's like, I would love to write a book. Like what goes
1: into writing a book apart from yeah. writing it? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I would say that it's one of the best things that I've done, really. Like if you have a story that you want to tell, then go ahead and tell it. If you have a, a story that can, you know, interest someone or lift someone up or inspire someone if there's something that you want to share, then then give it a try and write it down. Um, obviously, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, but um to start in the right end of it, obviously, I started writing the book in custody where clearly I had not much else to spend my time on. So I could spend a lot of hours each and every day on writing. So some days I was writing for five or eight hours a day so it takes time definitely yeah and obviously when you have a full-time job like I do now here out in the real world you cannot spend that many hours a day on writing because clearly it doesn't work well together with with your normal job and such Mm -hmm. um but I did write a lot in there and after my after my 99 days in there, I came out with, I think it was 289 A4 pages of handwritten, um, yeah, handwritten pages for my book. And uh, once I had bounced back to reality, and I had started, you know, it was a lot of things, I had to move. And then I bounced back to work. And I had um, my situation with my partner, and him being in prison because he actually got a verdict and he ended up in prison. Um so it was just a lot with work and private things like everything you know. Yeah. But after writing uh, all of those handwritten pages, I sat down and I wrote everything down digitally from my laptop. After that, I continued writing about my time out so that I could summarize and tell everyone about what happened afterwards. And once I had done that and I had my full story digitally, like in my computer, then I had to go through it because you have to go through the grammar, you have to go through the, the language, the spelling, like all of that. So I went through everything. I read it through. And considering that my partner is not Swedish, as I said in the beginning, he doesn't speak or read Swedish. And therefore, I felt the need to translate my whole book to English. So I did also translate the entire thing uh, Mm -hmm. in order for him to read and approve (laughs) so (laughs) that I would share my story with the whole world without his approval. Um, So that's something that hopefully you guys don't have to do when writing a book. Hopefully you can stick to one language and save a lot of time. Mm -hmm. But that was my situation. And once that was all approved, then I started sending it out to a few publishers and I had written online, I'm sorry, I had read online that it's not that easy to be published. Uh, obviously, you have to do research, you have to, you know, Google your way throughout the different publishers, read a little bit about who they are, what kind of stories they focus on, what kind of books they actually publish, and see if your story and your type of book would kind of suit into what they do. Yeah, So I chose a few and I started sending out my script to to publishers. You also have to write a cover letter and kind of describe who you are, what your book is about, who you think you read and why. And uh, luckily I was, um, you know, I was actually accepted, so to say, by one publisher and that was last summer. So this whole thing happened summer, 2019. And summer 2020, I was still sitting, working on my book, writing, translating. And summer 2021, I luckily got in touch with the publishing firm that I now work with, which is a Swedish one, not an international one, a Swedish one called Mondial. And uh, they luckily loved my my story. They loved my title. And uh, we really clicked. And it felt like me and my book, we found home. Oh. So, uh, yeah, thank you. So, that felt great. I just everything from that moment, everything happened really fast. I came in for a meeting. I really vibed with a publisher, and everything felt like it was meant to be. And I really felt like this is the moment I've been waiting for. This is what I have dreamed of. This is what I have pictured and imagined. And now the moment has come. Mm -hmm. And after that, uh, a moment sorry, some months later, um, my editing process started. So I was basically, I don't know if you say that I was assigned um, an editor
0: yeah. from the
1: public firm. Yeah. So we started working on the book together. She uh, suggested a few things here and there. Um, we discussed like what to um, erase from, from the script, because clearly I had a lot of things to say. And once I had written everything in the computer, my whole story, both from inside and Uh, inside custody as well as the time after my whole story was 600 pages so it was a lot Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: so then clearly we could not give out a book like that and I also understood that it was a lot of things that could be erased because there was a lot of repeatings I was obviously not um, very entertained in there a lot of days were just very boring and lame and nothing happened but basically at that point we decided to you know erase some things here and there and then Um, put more focus on the more thrilling things and more interesting things such as perhaps the uh, police questionings and what happens in court and these type of things Mm. and certain scenarios with me you know contemplating my relationship and things me and him and stuff like that yeah so it's it was a long editing process that I can tell you as you said I've gone through my script back and forth so many times mm-hmm. I have gone through it my editor went through it me again her me her me like that mm-hmm. and even Alex was, went
0: through your British we, yeah, yeah.
1: so everyone listening the exactly. younger social sister Da-da. Alex, <laughs> to Alex. Yeah, yeah so I mean obviously Alex went through my English script once the Swedish script was done so Mm -hmm. as soon as I was done with the editing process of the Swedish script then I had to go through the English script and work my way through it as good as I could and then yeah thank god Beast's sister Alex uh, could uh, check my grammar and uh, proofread it as well so that's what she has been doing
0: amazing so it's out in two days like for anyone who's listened to this who is like i need to know the ins and outs of this story i want to know like like you just shared like your relationship i think that's what a lot of women want to know too you know like how's your relationship now and it's definitely all in your book and yeah where can our listeners find it
1: So basically today, it's the 6th of June. And then in Sweden, the book will actually be launched tomorrow on the 7th. So Mm -hmm. when you guys are hearing this on the 8th, it's actually already out in Sweden. Right. Yes. However, the English version is a few days delayed. So hopefully when you guys hear this on Wednesday, um, it's probably going to be out in about two days. So... The Swedish book is called Things laddshallik and that one will be out in bookstores and of course online and printed versions and as well as as an ebook and audiobook which people will find here in Sweden on all these uh, streaming sites mm-hmm. the English version will not be printed but you guys will be able to find it in digital formats if mm-hmm. you're interested and as i said before the title is Locked Up Love and that one I will share the details with you at a later point when I have it clearly it will be available online um it will be able uh, it will be um, available for purchasing on Amazon as well as through other resellers as well and I will share these details later this week on my Instagram page so if you guys are interested in finding out more if you're curious about reading you know a little bit of the, uh, summary on my book. If you want to know anything more, if you're interested in listening or reading it, then please go to my Instagram page, and that mm-hmm. is by Johanna Schoberg. So perhaps B can also yeah. share this Swedish spelling. Yeah, I will put everything <laughs> in the uh, yeah in the in the show
0: notes. It will have all the links to your social media so you just created a public one for yourself and your books well, I we'll put that one there and then yeah if anyone wants to reach out to joe ask you know some questions or buy the book then yeah definitely i will update every, like the show notes as and when you provide info joe but you know she's so friendly i'm sure as you can hear so i'm sure she wouldn't mind anyone reaching out to anyone who's been through the same anyone who is just feeling like inspired and empowered by joe like please pour into her when you are listening to the episode and how much like or what you've taken from it as it's so important not only for us to be for it be there for each other and support each other but to to, to show that, you know, by screenshotting and, and sharing it, but also going direct to the person and saying, wow, this really touched me. Wow. This really inspired me. Like you do not know what messages like that feel like for the people on the other side, it's like, it's, it's amazing. And it's so, Definitely. it's so it's something which I really want to promote, not only on our podcast, but on our social media, you know, we really want everyone to pour into each other. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our sisterhood or anything that you feel, whether it's related to your book or not,
1: anything at all that's coming up for you? Feel free. Yeah, I think, I mean, as you've heard, you guys, I should probably have a podcast of my own considering how much yeah. I talk, but <laughs> I hope I haven't bored you guys. And I hope that you will find this subject interesting and obviously I hope that some of you are interested in in reading my book and hearing the whole story. And if so, then I obviously hope that you'll like it or love it even. And as B said, feel free to drop me a message, slide into my DM and tell me if I have in any way inspired you or if you can relate. If this is a subject that is close to your heart, I would be happy to, to hear about that as well. As B said, like... It's all about having each other's backs and inspiring each other, rooting for each other. And that's all of what the social sisters are about as well. And I'm so thankful for getting this opportunity to speak with you, be over, you know, this recording and have the opportunity to both, of course, share, spread the word about my book, but also inspire others and yeah. to tell you guys that, as I said before, like, life can be challenging, um, but we all have to make the most of it and try as much as we can to keep a positive mindset. And sometimes we cannot do that alone. And then it's obviously great that the social sisters are here and that perhaps you can connect with other women that you can you know, relate to, or perhaps they can comfort you or give you an input or whatever it might be that you need. Just support, just someone who listens or someone who can give an advice. And I think what you guys are doing now and what you're doing, B, is absolutely beautiful. And I'm so blessed and so happy to have you as a close friend. And thank you so much for having me here.
0: Oh, thank you. The honor is mine. I have been waiting for so long for this podcast episode and I can't wait to listen to it back. I very rarely listen to, you know, many of them back, but this one I will be for sure. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Joe. It's been amazing as always to connect and talk with you and just yeah i'm so excited for our sisterhood to hear your story and to read your book
1: thank you so Mm -hmm. much
0: and i will see you all next week for our usual weekly wednesday episode so yeah, as I said before, anyone who's listened to this, if you feel called to, and want to share it, then it's totally, um, welcomed and we'd be really grateful. I love seeing when you guys listen to our podcasts and wherever you are in the world, it means so much to us. So yeah, happy listening and I'll see you next week.
1: Bye. Take care guys. Bye.
0: Then you see a pen, in. Then you you in.